Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading Hosea chapter 8 from the World English Bible. Put the trumpet to your lips. Something like an eagle is over Yahweh's house, because they have broken my covenant and rebelled against my law. They cry to me, My God, we Israel acknowledge you. Israel has cast off that which is good. The enemy will pursue him. They have set up kings, but not by me. They have made princes, and I didn't approve. Of their silver and their gold, they have made themselves idols, that they may be cut off. Let Samaria throw out his calf idol. My anger burns against them. How long will it be until they are capable of purity? For this is even from Israel. The workmen made it, and it is no god. Indeed, the calf of Samaria shall be broken in pieces, for they sow the wind, and they will reap the whirlwind. He has no standing grain. The stalk will yield no head. If it does yield, strangers will swallow it up. Israel is swallowed up. Now they are among the nations like a worthless thing, for they have gone up to Assyria like a wild donkey wandering alone. Ephraim has hired lovers for himself. But although they sold themselves among the nations, I will now gather them. And they begin to waste away because of the oppression of the king of the mighty ones. Because Ephraim has multiplied altars for sinning, they became for him altars for sinning. I wrote for him the many things of my law, but they were regarded as a strange thing. As for the sacrifices of my offerings, they sacrifice meat and eat it, but Yahweh doesn't accept them. Now he will remember their iniquity and punish their sins. They will return to Egypt. For Israel has forgotten his maker and built palaces, and Judah has multiplied fortified cities. But I will send a fire on his cities, and it will devour its fortresses. That is the end of chapter 8. I already talked about trumpets when in the discussion after the reading of chapter 5. Here it is again, and it is a call to battle of an approaching army, which will be in judgment. The imagery of an eagle is putting Israel in the role of helpless prey, and it's over Yahweh's house because they are not really treating his house as it should be treated. If you read through First and Second Kings, you know they often put idols in it, and they also worshipped false gods in other places. And this is the theme of this section. The people of Israel overall are maintaining a facade of religious practice using Yahweh's name and house, but because they are both worshiping other things and living in lawlessness, that supposed worship of Yahweh is meaningless. That is why in verse 2, their claims of knowing Yahweh and in verse 13 of offering sacrifices are empty gestures. In verse 4, he points out what should be obvious to them. They are worshiping lumps that they have made. 
In verse 5, he specifically mentions the calf idols, like what they clamored for in Exodus 32 that resulted in judgment. And then in 1 Kings 12.28 is when Jeroboam, the first king of the northern kingdom, also made calf idols for them. And the wording there in 1 Kings, and if you read the whole story, he knew that it was a hoax, and he had even heard directly and personally from God, but he did it anyway to maintain his worldly power. Why the people of the nation went along with it, well, you can just say it appealed to what they desired. Verse 7 is pretty well known. Trying to plant air is pointless. Dig a hole, put wind in it. That is how ridiculous their choices have been. Proverbs 22.8 says, Whoever sows injustice will reap calamity, and the rod of his fury will fail. In Galatians 6.7, Paul tells us not to be deceived, that God will not be mocked, that whatever a man sows, he will also reap. So Israel cannot sow all this wickedness, which is also empty, and expect a blessing, and it will even affect their crops. The heads of grain won't mature enough, and what harvest they do eke out will be taken from them. For verses 8 through 10, remember that Israel was not supposed to make alliances for military strength with other nations. They were supposed to look to God as their only, the one true source of protection and power from any threats. That doesn't mean they couldn't economically trade with these nations. However, just like the limits on marriage, they were not to have alliances or agreements that, one, made them rely on other people, or two, drew them into evil activities. They, we see, of course, did that anyway, beginning sadly with Solomon, but it never resulted in what a worldly perspective or worldly wisdom would predict. Instead, they end up worthless in the estimation of those other worldly kings, like a stupid donkey looking for a lover, any lover. In verse 10, we get a brief glimpse of the promise of future gathering that keeps being mentioned, but it won't be this generation. They are wasting away. It makes me think of a wasting disease that weakens and then kills the body. Verse 11 comes across to me as another version of the what you sow you will reap. If they had taken a moment to consider, they would have recognized that making a place for sin leads to sin. As verse 12 repeats, he had told them what they needed to know, but their response was, nah, that's just weird. And again in verse 13, there is a reference to Egypt, the place they were in bondage. When judgment comes at the hands of the Assyrian army, they didn't all go to Egypt, but they were certainly all taken into horrible bondage by the Assyrians. In verse 14, God comes back to both Genesis and Exodus. He made them. He created mankind bodily as a creature out of the dust. He created the nation out of people that had no power, but they chose to forget him and pursue the wealth of the world wealth that he had been giving them, but they abandoned him to pursue it instead of pursuing him and receiving the blessings that naturally come from that. So he will destroy that which has led to and fed their pursuit of sin. Just for clarification, I'm not saying that everyone who follows God gets wealth. This was a particular blessing offered to the nation and one which will be for all of Yahweh's followers in the new heavens and earth. But here in this fallen earth, we know there will be trouble specifically against those who steadfastly follow Christ. 
He promises to take care of us, but he told his disciples that many of them would suffer persecution and be martyred, which did happen, and they also gave up material possibilities to do the work of initially spreading the gospel. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 